Today's episode is brought to you by me. Still mostly just brought to you by me. However, my friends over at defiantbean.com are trying to help out too, but they can't do it alone. Defiant Bean Roasters take responsibly sourced quality coffee beans, lovingly and caringly roast them, sometimes while listening to the Enormacast apparently. Then they put them in a bag, still warm, in a box, and send them to you. So fresh, the beans think they're on a little vacation, right up until they hear the grinder fire up. But anyway, DefiantBean.com is offering Enormacast listeners a deal. 10% off any order, and we, the royal we over here at the Enormacast, get 10% as well. That's DefiantBean.com. Enter Enormo in the coupon code at checkout and get 10% off. Great coffee. Or head over to Enormacast.com. Click on the Defiant Bean banner for details. Be defiant. Demand fresh roasted coffee. All right, on to the show. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big house. place outside of town. That's a big nice. place. You sold What's it that? out. I'll see. We really should run. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed having them with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Good weather, bad weather. Now or later, anytime. Hello and welcome to the Normacast. This is your host, Chris Calouse. It is May 24th, about 9.30 Mountain Standard Time. This is episode 12. I'm currently illegally bivvied in the mobile studio on Independence Pass, not a few miles from Kevin Costner's place. Costner, you should come on the show, dude. I don't know. I haven't seen you in any movies lately. Your, your career could use the old Enormal Cast bump. Anyway, I'm up here because uh, after work, split out of Aspen. I was working in Aspen and decided to get some pitches in. So me and Grigri came on up and uh, set up some ropes and did a few pitches on top rope, which is actually kind of scary, even though I'm pretty confident in my system. But I've said this before that usually when accidents happen, it's when you're doing something weird, something that's outside of the you know two climbers together, on belay, off belay, that sort of setup that's tried and true and has been working well for for many, many years. So when you get outside of that realm and you start to futz around with things that aren't supposed to do what you're using them for, like a Grigri, you're not supposed to solo with a Grigri. It says so right in the uh, instructions, I believe. I know they've made statements about not using them to solo, but of course everybody does anyway. I fell a few times. I'm still here, but uh, it's it's kind of scary. I don't know. It's weird. It also sort of rings out everything that I like about climbing and leaves it in a mucusy puddle on the floor anyway but you know if you don't have anybody else to climb with and you want to get a little workout then it can be a useful thing to do just be careful on today's show uh myself and my friends tracy and grayson have a discussion getting into the nitty-gritty the ins and outs the ups and downs of girls and boys climbing together uh we have a couple different perspectives from Grayson, who's a young lady, and from Tracy, who's not an old lady. She's somebody's old lady, but she's not an old lady. But she's uh, married and you know has been around a little bit longer than Grayson. And some of you guys have been asking me to 
use this old format of some of these topic discussion shows to intersperse with the interviews. So um, I am obliging you. Besides, it's uh, kind of fun and it's pretty easy to get these together versus trying to talk some famous person to come into the uh, mobile studio where they feel like they might catch something. One thing I'd like to point out, actually, about the mobile studio or to do with the mobile studio is that I've put a photo essay or a photo tour of the mobile studio on the website. So if you guys want to check it out, head over to anormalcast.com, click on photos, it's in there. While you're there, click on the help out tab, see what you can do to help the normal cast get out there, get into more ears. Uh, there's a few things that just take a little bit of time online and I'd really appreciate it. All right, enough of my yakking. You'll get plenty of that in the show today. Please sit back and enjoy Ladies' Night at the Normal Cast. Everybody got drinks? You guys got drinks? It's like cheers oh, yeah, with wine. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, welcome you guys to the Normal Cast Studio here in Carbondale, Colorado. I want to welcome my friend Tracy. Hey, Tracy, how you doing? Good, Chris. Doing well. And Grayson, what's doing, happening? Oh, doing great. How was your day, Grayson? It was it was epic. What'd you do? Climbed all day with some good friends, some really inspiring people, and uh, got worked. Nice. But that's what I call a good day, so. And what did you do all day, Tracy? Honestly? Yeah. I worked. Yeah. I taught the minds of tomorrow's youth. Right on. You're a teacher. Yes. Tracy's a teacher here in town. Um, I also had to work. Okay, so I invited these guys into the studio, specifically Grayson. Now, Grayson is a young climber. How old are you, Grayson? 20. I met Grayson through Tracy, actually, and uh, Grayson and I climbed last weekend together in the Black Canyon, which was a lot of fun. And the reason I invited her in here is because I started talking to you, what, like, when did we, when did I meet up with you in Moab with Tracy and oh, BJ? Uh, uh sometime in was it april it was just yeah. raining it was mm-hmm. raining in april and and I, I was hanging out in moab and grayson started to like really go off about <laughs> kind of what it's like to be this young climber this female climber in this very sort of dude-centric world and so i started thinking about that and it's such a universal kind of problem i guess that i think a lot of female climbers run into that I decided, well, why don't we do a show about that? Why don't we get her in here and tell us what it's all about? So, Grayson, tell me what kind of climber you are. I guess most of my background comes from Indian Creek and climbing there, which is maybe where the overwhelming broness kind of comes in, especially out there. But, you know, I love heading up to Rifle and whatnot, too. Kind of all over the place mm-hmm. a little bit. Super young. Yeah, let's be honest. Super young. Super psyched. How long have you been climbing? Probably... Four years now, would you agree? You t- you taught yeah. me to climb, so yeah, I think four years is probably right. Four years. So yeah. you learned in high school. Yeah, under the tutelage of Tracy. Uh, right? Yes. Okay. So you were climbing sort of indoors and doing some comps and things back then, and then you went to college, and that's where you started climbing out at Indian Creek. I well, we were doing a little bit of it before, but uh-huh. that's where like it was like, hey, every weekend, what's the best climbing in Durango? Let's go to Indian Creek because right, right. it's great. So. Yeah. You guys are only like an hour and a half from there or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like two hours. Okay, so it's two good. hours. All right, so you get down to Durango. You've learned to climb in high school, and you're psyched. You've gone to college, maybe even went there because you thought, okay, outdoor pursuits? or Kind 
kind of its proximity to Indian Creek, actually. I'd already decided that was like one of my favorite places on Earth. It seemed like the perfect fit at first, for right, sure. <laughs> right. Um, so you're down there. You're like stoked to climb. But obviously, you're you're getting outside for, I mean, if not the first time, you're not a super experienced outside climber. So you're going to need some people who are a little bit more experienced than you. Yeah, that's totally true. I love it when kind of the weight doesn't fall on my shoulders to be leading up pitches. And I'm pretty reserved with my skill base, actually. Usually super reserved where people are usually surprised to find out that I know what I'm doing most of the time. Uh-huh. But it's also an assumption people make meeting a young girl. Most of the time, anyways. So, kind of the assumption being that you don't know what you're doing. The assumption being that you have no clue where you're going, and you would imagine like the shock and awe on people's faces when you're like, "Oh yeah, well, I guess we could bring my rope this time." They're like, "What?" It's just like their jaw drops to the floor, and it's like the most unbelievable thing they've ever heard. (laughs) You're using a plural pronoun. They are you talking about other women that you met, or are you talking about other gentlemen that I'm talking about other gentlemen because. That's one of the things kind of that I found going to college is that the the female motivated climber, the pool is rather slim okay. and kind of difficult to find. And where do you go to meet climbers? Obviously, the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the best place. That's where they all hang out without their shirts on and <laughs> do all sorts of shenanigans. So I go to the gym. The yeah, the men. Okay, the if, men. If it's if, if it's the girls, then I want to know where this gym is. <laughs> oh, it's the, it's the bro cave of okay. the gym. If I could interject as well, you weren't really a new climber. You were leading on gear before you went to college, correct? Correct. You were putting up your own ropes in Indian Creek before you went to college. Correct. You were leading up sport routes on your own, changing out anchors oh, without yeah. help. So, oh, yeah. so you were a very capable climber before going to college. Pretty, pretty self-sustained. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you got down there. Now, why is it that you're not presenting yourself that way? I guess I don't really like other people's safety to fall on my shoulders so much. And uh-huh. I guess personally, I prefer to have someone that really knows what they're doing with me. Right. So I never want to be like leading the way for someone that's kind of falling apart just because I'm super young and I don't feel like mentoring Uh yet Uh to the point where I'm like, oh, yeah, let me take you under my wing and teach you. Besides, who wants like a 20 year old chick to be teaching them climbing when you're a dude in college? That just doesn't (laughs) happen. They all know everything already anyways. (laughs) Let's back up a little bit here. So I'm trying to kind of imagine the scene down there. Now, I know some I, I know some people from Durango that climb. There's some fans of the site that live down there. And I also climb a lot in Indian Creek, as everybody who listens to this show knows that I climb down there a lot. So I'm, I'm running into these guys. And so I get this impression that there's a ton of guys who probably climb in the gym, but they sort of fancy themselves real trad climbers because they climb in Indian Creek. Would that be? There's a large population of guys that are kind of coming into college and finding the sport as kind of something masculine to get into with this group of male camaraderie and you're so the group i'm kind of running into is this group of guys 19 to mid 20s in college that maybe have one year of experience maybe started a couple months ago climbing Mm -hmm. and very few that have the like well-rooted couple years of experience know what's up Okay, so let's get into some specifics. So you explained to me, um, when we were driving home from the black, you explained to me that there was two ways that you were either viewed, either like a pure beginner or super rad, and you weren't kind of allowed to be in the middle of that. So can you sort of explain that again? Right. So what I found is there's kind of two paths for the woman climber, and 
You either fall into this like helplessness of, I just want to stare your back muscles all day and you can put up the rope and tie my figure eight and we can just, you know, stare deeply into each other's eyes and, you know, kind of stuff, stuff along those lines. Or you're, once you kind of get past that stage, you're put in this zone where people kind of look at you and they say, okay, you climb. Well, how hard do you climb? You try to be modest, but they kind of get it out of you on a good day. This is maybe how hard I climb. And then you're expected to reach maybe even beyond that level on the day-to-day basis. And it's almost every time you're going out, it's like, okay, you think that you climb that hard? Like, impress me. Let's see what you got. And who <laughs> performs day after day? Like, oh my gosh, it's intense. It can get pretty, it can be heated with the guys. Cause, and also when you climb better than them and they kind of figure that out. Cause like, I'm dealing with guys that only have a couple months experience and my background goes way deeper than right. that, especially in Indian mm-hmm. Creek where yeah. I kind of took them out there in the first place and was leading and made the slip up of kind of saying like, it's not so much as the grade as your hand size. And that instantly threw me into this position where it was like, okay, well, let's see you climb five, 12 cracks because it should be your hand size. And let's see you see, see you climb this five, 10 massive cup fist crack. If you do climb the five, 12, it's mm-hmm. because it's your hand size and you fit. And then if you don't climb the five, nine, you get this backlash of like, well, it's only a five, nine or five, 10. Like, why can't you do it? <laughs> All right. So let me ask you this, Grayson. Is is this pressure, is it all coming externally or is some of this coming internally? I mean, are you overreacting to the way these guys have perceived you or is this something that, because basically it's sort of driven you from the town and in it's, a sense. Dr- it drove me away from climbing for a long time until maybe the past week or two. Really? Really. Until I... I, I grabbed your hand and pulled you from the mire. You, among a few others, <laughs> pulled me out. You can take full credit for that. You and like the few other people I've been climbing with frequently. All right, all can right. fully take credit for full, pulling me out of that, which is you know feel proud. Uh-huh, You're not right. a dude, bro. You're out of that category. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. But these are s- sort of like I think issues that women have always faced, and then we can also go into this whole thing about. Every time you go climbing, and you said this earlier, it's not necessarily a date, right? No, climbing is, it's never a date. Guys think that, okay, there are a few exceptions. I see your face kind of drop. There are very few exceptions. Exception number one, this girl is someone who has never gone climbing before, which may I point out, do you really want to take her on a date and have her belaying you on your proj while you send her like flying into the wall? Mm -hmm. No, probably not, guys first date new girlfriend that's never been climbing probably not a good idea if she has been climbing the inherent nature of the sport is that it usually takes two people to be successful Mm -hmm. unless you're one of those elite people that can solo whatever but it takes two people to be successful so taking a girl climbing does not inherently mean that you're on a date with her unless you pull out something super like schwanky and bring a bottle of wine up to the top of a multi-pitch or Uh make it very express that you're on a date okay. maybe even use the words is always okay. good but it's just it's just not a date okay so you've been you're you've been put in this this classic position of guy comes up and says hey we should go climbing and you're like sweet i want to go climbing so i'm going to go climbing with this guy and then come to find out he's sort of got these ulterior motives oh, like oh man this girl's cute we go climbing, I impress her, I'm going to like... 
you have it gets way more classic than that because there's a few times as a girl and other girls may have experienced that this as well where you don't realize you're on date until you get down from sending the sick top rope and the guy's just so psyched they go in for like the makeout session and you're only halfway done with your figure eight and you're like trying to decide whether you can run or how fast you can undo it or if you should like swivel out and go in for the hug and be like yeah thanks that was kind of tough but i've climbed before so it's not actually that bad or (laughs) you're telling me you're telling me that it's pretty classic it happens you're telling me that you've come down off of a route and some guy was like let's make that was really impressive let's make yeah, i wasn't even leading it i was on top rope and it's just like you're kind of trapped <laughs> let's just stop for a second seriously guys come on <laughs> like i don't know who that was if you're listening right now seriously like step off all right all right all right let's let's slow down here okay so these are the things that you're running into i think i mean i can't even imagine that like i've all right I have been on both sides of this, okay? I have been on the side where I, I end up asking a girl to go climbing, and I've been on the side where I'm like, I wonder if she thinks I'm asking her to go climbing because I want to, you know, go on this this sort of pseudo date. And I didn't. I just wanted to go climbing. And, you know, and sometimes girls that you ask to go climbing have a boyfriend, too. And you're kind of like, well, am I stepping on toes? Is this cool? Can we do this without homie getting upset or whatever? But I've also been on the other side where I've been in these guys' position of like, hey, this girl's cute. We seem to kind of have a connection. Maybe if we go climbing, you know. Right. I've not uh, attempted a a post-top rope makeout session. (laughs) Although I've never had that kind of like chutzpah. So... Probably a good maybe thing. Maybe I should have. Maybe there was some girl <laughs> waiting for me to do that somewhere down the line. But you know, so so I'm, I'm trying to kind of you know wrap my head around that. Uh, you you seem to be over there like kind of wanting to pipe in. Do you got something you want to say, Tracy? Well, it's just you know I think the essence of the the assumption of guys in college and and I'm 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 a, of an older woman variety, variety for sure, but. I do feel like in college I was dealing with the same issues that Grayson was dealing in which you would go on a climbing trip with a friend and you would go bouldering, you would go climbing and you would think that you were there in the name of climbing when in turn it wasn't that at all. Like you were there under the guise of the hopeful, what is this going to turn into? And it was always actually better to have a boyfriend because you had that person to fall back on with those new climbing friends we were meeting that was kind of like the oh but i have a boyfriend as so. long as you got that like right heads up in the oh, conversation yeah within minutes yeah. yeah that's the other thing i'll tell you what though and I, i'm gonna uh, just real quick because that's not a huge deterrent mm-hmm. as, as a guy speaking to you ladies like oh whatever you got a boyfriend big deal like that can be that can be dealt with <laughs> just so you know <laughs> That guy, yeah. Where is he? Why is he not here? You know, like if he's not actually standing there with like a you know baseball bat in his hand or something like that. Well, and it's funny because as a single female climber, I always thought that it you didn't need to have a boyfriend who was a climber, and that it would all you know if if you had someone who supported you and encouraged you to go on the trips you wanted to go to and climb, that it was all fine. But um, when I did have that boyfriend who didn't climb, what you just said became apparent. It was the well, 
Tracy Sutchin's boyfriend, but he's not here. So where is he? So where is he? (laughs) Well, the other thing I too want to say is that Grayson, as far as you're concerned, I mean, you're 20 years old. Okay. You're climbing with guys that are at the most like 25, 26. These are the gentlemen that are like, oh yeah, check her out, you know? And I would almost say that if the guy's single and he asks you to go climbing, I think you'd probably be better served by assuming that at least part of his little brain, part of his little reptile brain (laughs) is thinking like, well, you know, I mean, you know, I'm cool climbing with her, but you know, it's back there. It's like, well, it'd be awesome to have a girlfriend who climbs and a girlfriend who climbs well. So it's going to, so unless, you know, unless he's like your bro- actual brother or he's <laughs> maybe gay or that's in there. Now, what that guy does with it is is going to be a representation of his character. So if he climbs with you a couple times and re- and you make it sort of clear to him that, no, this isn't going any further than this. If he sort of disappears and is like, ah, the hell with her, you know, then that shows him to be a douchebag. But if he's able to sort of internalize that and go, okay, well, you know, it would have been cool, but I'm I'm down with still climbing with her. Then you've got, you know, you've got a guy that has shown a real character. But I would, I honestly would assume that at least for the next few years, it's there. Even if you move away from this little town that you're complaining about, it's going to be in the air, if you will. Oh, because yeah. Because you guys are young. You it, know, it's I mean, like it's hormones, always... like raging. Yeah. Always. And I, there's a number of guys who've just tried it, gotten shut down and like given me the hand and walked away. Like, or even worse, you like break the heart of someone else and then everyone else kind of skitters away with them. Oh, man. But and it, it's a tough position to be in, right? It's because super you tough. just want to go rock climbing at the end of the day. Right, right. And we, we kind of got into this other day about being, you know, maybe willfully naive to some point because there was a point in my life where. I'm not going to marry this guy. It's not going super great. I'm not psyched. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, like if I do break his heart, that might be sacrificing a lot of my climbing. And there was kind of a period of back and forth being like, maybe on the other side of willfully naive was like, some of them will still climb with me. Right. Which ended up being totally false. But it's just, you know, there's always that point of where you're dating someone who's so much better than you. And, you know, at what point do you try to save your climbing? Mm-hmm. through that person and that's just never right so i ended up taking like a huge sacrifice just to not lie to myself i guess over okay. this dude and there's another scenario where like everyone like hands down skittered away let me get this straight you were dating this guy yeah okay and then you decided it's not what i want to be doing so you no. break up with him right and the natural progression. his friends that you were now friends with you lose them as well when you break up with him. Well, it was kind of lame because we all kind of started being friends at the same time okay. and had grown this group together. Right. So it wasn't like I had taken over his friend group. It was just mm-hmm. like, they're my friends too. And maybe they'll stick with me, but never underestimate bro camaraderie. Right. Never. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> no, don't. And, and, you know, I would say that that's not very specific to climbing. No. Is that, you know, once, if you break up and it doesn't, it doesn't go well, it's not like a mutual like, yeah, we've just grown apart. Let's stay friends. You know, everybody's going to have to choose a side. The bros are going to be the bros. You almost have to choose, like, do I be willfully naive of my feelings kind of against this person so I can keep climbing? And that was like a legitimate dilemma for me was like, I still want to climb and I want to be going out every weekend with these people. And Mm -hmm. they're my friends and it's fun. But at the same time, 
Am I willing to just kind of be naive in a way and stay with this person to keep feeding kind of my my climbing a little bit? And mm-hmm. I think that's where girls get stuck, especially when you're in an area of climbing where so many girls are so slim, so you don't really have anyone to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Say it blows up in your face kind of like it did mine. Right. But at the same time, I think for me, it kind of came down to, you know, give up the sending, be a good person and take the hit from all the dudes. Right. And well, and Grayson, I mean, I, I think at this point in your climbing in Durango, you also tried to cultivate a group of female climbers to climb with, correct? Like yeah. that was something that you were actively trying to find other females who shared the same passion in the sport of climbing as you did. And oh, how did yeah. that work out? It's a little tricky, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. It's pretty tricky. I finally, finally found one girl who's motivated and like psyched. Most girls just aren't psyched on getting beat up you know uh-huh. they're not really psyched on bleeding and getting bruised and finally found like one girl that was super legitimate and didn't get to climb with her until today great we'll probably be friends for a long time but it's it's rough out there to find people especially in that kind of small community and i actually have a friend that has a super classic quote and he always says that more girls would probably climb if guys didn't talk it up so much because he relates back to hearing guys be like oh i took this huge whipper and he says it's a uh, a way to self-satisfy the ego, you know, mm-hmm. this was insane and so tough. And like a lot more girls would climb if they realized like how safe and, you know, for the most part, fairly gentle it is. It's not really as epic as taking the 20 foot wicker bird, almost hitting the deck or getting rocks knocked right. out. I mean, well, I think that's also, that. I mean, uh, if I take like a huge whipper and rip gear, cause I was, guys always tell stories about ripping gear. Like I, oh, yeah, and I ripped two pieces. <laughs> And and actually, this happened in Gunnison when I was going to school there. I listened to this guy tell the story. And I basically said, you know what, dude? Like, you shouldn't be ripping gear. If you know what you're doing, your gear should stay in. And it's not a point of pride to say that you ripped a bunch of gear and almost hit the ground. You, you know, you need to back off of that and realize that you actually totally screwed up. And you should actually be kind of embarrassed, you know? So, and yeah. I was actually in the computer lab. I remember this very distinctly. And I was sitting sort of opposite of this person. Kind of knew him, and he was telling a girl all about this. Oh, God. And uh, I just couldn't help it. I, I was much more, I don't know, aggressive and bold at that point. I was like, yeah, listen, you know, it's not, you should, your gear should have stayed in. But as a female, do you think that that's kind of like a, like a man-to-man, like beating your chest kind of gong that like hopes that they will bring in the, the female that they're trying to court? Absolutely. No, really? it's totally like, that's all he was doing. And, and I don't know, maybe I was the other bonobo baboon that was coming in to kind of like <laughs> swoop his scene you know being like you think you're badass well listen to me you know so but no i th- that's kind of what Who i ended was up getting to- the girl chris that's the question i left uh. you know you just cast a wide net you don't get everything you know what i'm saying that's kind of what i was trying to say to you grayson is basically as a as a guy climber and you know i came up even though it was 20 years ago, in, in kind of a similar scene. So I know what it's like, 10 guys for every girl that climbs. Yeah. And so you're just kind of like, I always think, well, what would it be like to be on a road trip with this chick? And it would be awesome. And then we could climb together and we could, you know, watch the sunset and blah, blah, blah. So it's this weird fantasy world that you live in and kind of always on your mind. And unfortunately, that's just kind of the way it is. I talked to you about this too, and I, I joked that, there's this movie that your parents love <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a famous movie and anyone 
Grayson's age will be like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> but it, when Harry Met Sally is like the classic, there's a classic tirade in there about whether or not guys and girls can even be friends, let alone be friends when they're sharing this sort of wild, crazy climbing, into, which is in a lot of ways like this intimate experience where you show fears and you show emotions that you normally don't show your friends or your acquaintances. And yet your partners are kind of almost like these proxy relationships that you have because you're going to allow them to see you as this really scared person. You know, I, I have guy partners who've seen me probably at my most, you know, wimpy and scared state, which is normally reserved for someone who you're really intimate with. And, you know, they've shown, studies have shown that, that those emotions can get conflated to emotions of love and of desire and of infatuation. You know, they've done studies with like Knowles instructors and with Outward Bound instructors and where all these students are like literally in love with their instructor. Why? Well, because he or she brought them through this really dangerous experience. And on the other side, they felt a relief and a release that was almost like pseudo-sexual and afterwards they're like oh my god he or she is just so amazing and well yeah because you were brought to this height of emotion and then that person sort of helped you through so i think i mean it's a really tricky thing normally to be guys and girls to be friends you know it's something that will plague everyone their whole lives to whether or not this is just merely a friendship or is there some sort of thing but climbing it just it's such this heightened emotional experience that I think it really can complicate that in these really fascinating ways. But, you know, it's interesting because I, as again, as a female climber in college, had kind of told myself when I was dating a non-climber that I didn't need to date a climber. And mm-hmm. I was very much like a, a climber who was leading routes and going on climbing trips that I was picking and uh, going to areas I'd never been and... And that, that worked out for a while until I was in Yosemite and I, I climbed the East Buttress of El Cap. And I was with this this guy who I was not together with, but had that moment of thinking like, wow, how great would this be if I was dating this person that was sitting next to me and if we were experiencing this together? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the first point in which I had the revelation that climbing is something that I wanted to share with someone for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. and. Again, in that moment, I kind of thought, well, maybe this non-climber relationship I have isn't necessarily one that is fulfilling me in the ways that I want it to. Mm-hmm. The re- one of the reasons I sort of asked you to do this is because you have a relationship with someone that you ended up marrying in terms of you started climbing together. And he was on this this realm of like, wow, this girl is really awesome and I'd love to get to know her and I'm going to do that through climbing. And you were not necessarily super uh, accepting of that at, at first, if I recall. No, you know, and, and very much like Grayson, I um, it kind of surrounded the setting was a climbing trip. So we okay. were going on a climbing trip and, and I had known him. He worked at Climbing Magazine and I had known him for a number of years and seen him in kind of like outdoor retailer events and things of that nature. And then um, a climbing trip kind of ensued and I was like, oh. I want to go to City of Rocks. I want to climb, but it's strictly a climbing trip. Mm-hmm. There's going to be no no intimacy. Like this is it. He's right. just a partner for a week, and sure. and and it was like that for the first four days, and then something kind of shifted in which caught me off guard. 
Okay. So shifted with you. Shifted with me. I, I think at that point probably shifted with the two of us. But uh-huh. unlike Grayson, I think he was also of the mindset that he was going into it thinking that it wasn't a date. Okay. You know, he was just going to a new area and and I happened to be a local in that area. And so I would just going to kind of show him. Really? My you really think area. that's all that was in his head? <laughs> I don't think he was that was just, it. He was just like, oh, and she just happens to be a girl that's somewhat attractive. But if it was some hairy guy that was like fifty five years old, I'd go go climbing with him as well, just because he's a local. <laughs> I think that's another exception to the this is not a date. That was totally a date. <laughs> okay, it may have been a date. All right, so it may not have been a date, you know. And I'm doing the air quotes. You can't see on the podcast, but I'm doing the air quotes. But there was something, because when you're attracted to someone, you are instantly, it's when you meet them. It's not like you meet them and you're just like, oh my God, this is the woman or this is the guy that I'm going to marry. But I mean, we all do a quick judgment like, oh yeah, she's she's good looking or she seems really cool and, you know, or eh, nah, not so much. That happens instantly. So then it goes to, well, we're going to go climbing together. But that initial snap du- judgment is there somewhere. I mean, mm-hmm. ask Malcolm Gladwell's. He, he wrote Blink. Yeah, right. right. So you've done the Blink mm-hmm. as to whether that person at least falls into this category of like, eh, yeah, you know, wow, she's really cute and uh, she seems really nice. And I like the sound of her voice. And I mean, all these things go into it. So maybe it wasn't a date because he wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get this girl. But it was like, eh. You know, she seems cool. And that's kind of the famous, like, yeah, she seems cool. And there's so much loaded in that. That, okay, so if you had shut him down or nothing had happened, he'd walked away probably like, oh, well, you know, Mm -hmm. that was fun. And that was really fun climbing with her. And, and, you know, next year I'll call her again when I'm back up there. There's something happened that made you really connect for real. Mm -hmm. And I still think that climbing... It's it like facilitates that connection or, or the opposite to where something will happen to where I can't stand this guy mm-hmm. or I can't stand this girl. But it, it can be really sort of raw and revealing really quickly mm-hmm. in a way that maybe if you were sort of were co-workers and had met and sort of had to go on some dates, how many dates would it take to, to put you into a position similar in terms of kind of emotional rawness of, of a climbing date? It could take weeks or months or, or maybe you never even get there until you're already married. I mean, just think about like what climbing can sort of sort of scour you down to if, if you get in the wrong position of this is what I look like when I'm terrified. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. you don't get that in normal totally. life. Well, and to the non-climber, I think that it, it kind of is because we had a pretty short engagement. I mean, we had been dating all of nine months. When um when BJ proposed and then we Jesus was it that quick? It was that quick, wow. yeah, yeah. All so right. then we were married three months later, and for for a lot of my friends, they were like, "Whoa, like who is this guy? Like, you're moving to Colorado. We don't know who he is." But what you just spoke about was a huge. You know, we had been kind of put in an experiences at that point through climbing that kind of showed us that yeah, this is a guy who I would epic with. I would go on a long route. I would have hardly any food, any water. We would spend the night on the side of like a ledge somewhere in the middle of nowhere and Mm -hmm. we could still get through and it would be fine. And I think that that's like a lot of the crossover that that kind of marriage brings sometimes. I mean, you will be in that epic in which you don't have anything and you're super stressed and you're maxed out, but yet 
that's the person who you want to be in it with. But climbing kind of showed us that pretty early on. Epicking is a great way to bring people together or tear them apart. <laughs> or tear them apart. And that's kind of the fu- yeah, that is the funny thing about climbing cuz being young, you always think, you know, maybe I want to date someone who doesn't climb and then I can have that boyfriend excuse for all these other dudes to not jump on it. But I was at lunch with this guy the other day and I was trying to tell him how psyched I was to get back into the crime into climbing and these great people I was meeting. Could I ever really date someone that was oblivious to such a large, like, emotional part of my life? Mm -hmm. So, not that those people don't exist, but climbing does put you in a place where you find out really kind of these snap judgments of whether or not you're meant to be. But I think the key other half of that is having the emotional stability to if that person maybe isn't your soulmate, that maybe you can actually have this, like, amazing thing called a friendship where you can still climb together. Right, right, right. It can be great, which is... Right. Well, that goes back to that. I mean, that sort of eternal guy girl question of whether you can, not whether you can be friends, you know, being the opposite sex, you can truly be friends. And I don't think it's a, a question of whether it can happen, but I do believe that it is a fairly confined set of circumstances that allows it to happen, especially if it's going to be sustainable in terms of. You know, you have this friend, as I'm speaking as the oldest one in the crew here, who in my case happens to be a girl, and I've been friends with her for a long, long time. But even those people, and I can think of a few in my head, there was a time when there was something between us, and we either, it didn't happen, and both of us were okay with that, or it's still just kind of way off in the background, like, you know, this echo reverb. However, is that just because you thought that you were always on a date with them? Or is that because... (laughs) I don't know. You'd have to ask them. We'll get them on the show. Get one of them, those those people that I'm talking about on the show. But I I mean, that's again, like I'm talking about being a guy. I, I don't know. Maybe that's our, again, the way our brain works and it's a little bit different. But someone who year after year after year after year that you're friends with, it's Mm -hmm. a tricky thing. Mm -hmm. And there's a set of circumstances, like I said, that, that get you there. But it's not, it's just not that common, I don't think. I mean, I have a lot more guy friends that I call friends, you know? Mm -hmm. So, who knows? I mean, the thing with climbing, too, is, and it's kind of cliche to say it, but, you know, you really are trusting your life to that person. And we don't, most of us who climb a lot don't think of it that way. You know, I was climbing in a rifle this weekend. Grayson was climbing a rifle this weekend. And you don't, when you, when you, tie in and you check your belay and you, and you start up a climb that's not your first thought like oh this person has my life in their hands right but when you sort of strip it away they actually do you know when you even when you lean back on that anchor after you've sent the route and you never fell they could screw up and drop you to the ground and again in sort of normal life dating in the suburbs meeting someone at work or wherever you meet people how long do you go through that relationship to where you feel like this person has my life in their hands? Obviously they do when they're even driving, but you don't think of it that way. Mm -hmm. And there could be, you could go years without ever feeling like just with one little slip of his hand, he could kill me right now. You do that on the first time you go climbing with somebody. So there's this sort of faux intimacy that again, can be so easily conflated to feelings of, wow, we're really have this connection because that's why we climb is because it brings connection. 
So you can, I, I'm not trying to defend these, these jerk guys that have been trying to hook up with you, Grayson, but you can see like there's this conflation of, wow, these emotions we're sharing on this tower that we climb together or we climb this big wall together. It can be an easy conflation of we're, we're feeling something more than just climbing together right now, I think. And I, I totally agree with that. So I, forgive them. Forgive, forgive those boys. Them. I think the issue that I had a lot was like, it was almost insulting. So when we were climbing last week in the black and I'd be like, so what I'm doing here is that, I'm, you know, I sh- you should try. What are you feeling? But the I same have more way? respect for you than these guys. I was like, so Grayson, <laughs> this is called the lap coil. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds way more um, risque as you say the lap coil than it really exactly. is. Exactly, <laughs> really is. Which I actually hadn't learned before, so that ended up being laps kind of can be used for all sorts of things. <laughs> I learned so many things from Chris that weekend. Really. <laughs> anyway, okay, so I, I'm trying to sort of get you to kind of, if not forgive, at least sort of understand these 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 hormonally charged sweaty young men oh, in yeah. terms of like you know they don't necessarily mean what they're what they're doing um and i realize that it can be demeaning in that you'd rather them just sort of like you know put you in the same category as someone anybody that they would go climb with but again their character is what they end up doing with that right and so right. it sounds like some of these guys need to grow up a bit hello but let me ask you guys this, okay? So now you're you're giving these guys the stiff arm. Tracy actually ends up marrying one of them. You know, so and this could be a whole show in and of itself, but what what are we supposed to do with this? I mean, we're guys and you know, you're saying like don't try to be instructive and I think one of the things you complained was that BJ was like a little bit sort of what, what did you say like the first couple days you thought he was a little bit uh sort of sarcastic and you didn't really like that oh yeah very much right not so, supportive the opposite of supportive right sure. so maybe he was on this this thing of like you know she's a really good climber and i don't and i need to treat her like my bro because i mean i have a lot of bros that i climb with that we just give each other shit the whole time we're together so it's like you know what kind of tack are we are we supposed to be left with ladies come on help us out I mean, it's really tough. I think the bottom line is just, like, don't be a jerk. Like, if you do have more climbing experience than me, and I'm clearly struggling, like, you clearly taught me some things on the black, and I obviously didn't have previous knowledge of them, don't come swooping in. And when I respond with, I know how to lead belay with a grigri, don't start yelling at me how it's impossible because you've read it in some magazine somewhere, you know? Because I fully intend on dating climbers, but not every single one of them. Okay. And that kind of idea of like not being instructed. Yeah, but how do you know which one's you, the one? You I, just know, Chris. Okay. You just know. If you're not open to it, if, if Tracy hadn't been open to it, she wouldn't be the, married to the guy she loves right now. And if you're, anytime you even start to start to feel that vibe, it sort of freaks you out. Then, you, you know, it's like everybody has to be sort of open to the kind of realities of what it's like to be guys and girls in close proximity oh, you always have to know <laughs> and at my age like anyone could could be it essentially right but mm-hmm. the second it starts to get kind of demeaning and you start getting ragged on for being just a girl you're like you're obviously not my guy like okay so that i'm gonna take that away from what you just said that yeah just 
meet that person where they're at, you know, yeah. and and don't necessarily pigeonhole them into sort of beginner, intermediate, advanced, but just day by day meet the person where they're at. Right, because you'd be amazed how unimpressive it is when you're trying to teach me to tie my figure eight and I've done it a thousand times before and it's backfiring on you hardcore. <laughs> well, and I think it's just that assumptions that, <laughs> that are so hard okay, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna remember that. Don't to, <laughs> to even, though, even though it sort of subversively gets you really close to them. <laughs> you can kind of pull their harness towards you. Right. That's why they do it, Grayson. Oh, That's it. It all becomes clear. Right all becomes now. clear the truth. But but um you know, I do think I think with, with our relationship with BJ and I's relationship, it was very much kind of based on climbing and not based on he him trying to pick me up in the middle of City of Rocks. Like I feel like he really truly wanted to go climbing and okay. so did I. And okay. so we kind of took the the week to get to know each other. Uh-huh. And then realized that we indeed did like each other and wanted to continue that relationship more. Uh-huh. But he wasn't trying to teach me. Thankfully, he didn't know the beta in any of the routes we were climbing, so he wasn't trying to give me beta. And it was just a matter of us trying to kind of get to know each other in this uh-huh. beautiful place. Right. You know, I know, I know BJ, and he's actually a really good friend of the show. And I can only imagine that it was the other way around, that he probably was really impressed with you. And that you were the one that was kind of rocking through the scene up there and knowing all the roots and sort of and things like that. So kind of saying that maybe he was sort of in that other position of like, wow, like she's teaching me all these sorts of things. So maybe he then, you know, saw this partner, this like true partner that that could meet him halfway, so to speak. But he's not here. So we'll just have to conjecture about <laughs> how he was feeling. Well, and with with Graceland, I mean, do you um, what do you think it is that these boys are trying to teach you everything that they have to learn about climbing? Like, do you have an idea of where it comes from? And, or I mean, no girl really wants to be the ego trip for any guy. Mm-hmm. To be completely honest, like I don't want to be your backfall ego trip that you can kind of win over with your mad skills or whatever. And no girl really wants that. So like, that's, I think the key thing in your relationship was that he did see someone that was like a partner that could meet him halfway and go through with that. And where most of the time I feel like I'm targeted as this like weakling that can be exploited on behalf of someone's ego. And it's like a bonus that, Oh, you're so cute. And you climb too. Well, like I can kind of get off on that fact. And well, I think you just need to uh, wait a couple years. Probably you know, dudes in college. It's just a rough time. They're just like, just scattershot all over the place. They don't know what the hell's going on. Team you know? struggle. If I knew now, if I knew then what I know now. Do you not think a lot has changed in the times then, Chris? Do you feel like a lot of the guys that Grayson is still encountering are similar to that when you were in college? Absolutely. Really? She's actually encountering me <laughs> as a 21 or 22-year-old, <laughs> unfortunately. Now, but no, I mean, I that's the kind of funny thing is I've been listening to you. It's like, no, that was me, you know, and mm. I was... I I was sure that if there was a girl at the cliff and I had my shirt off, she was like, "Wow, well, look at look at his musculature." So that's like, why they all take their shirts off. Absolutely, you know, and why not? It's not hot. It's not hot out. No, it's You're freezing just... ass cold. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a chance she's like, "Wow, those are lovely deltoids." You know? <laughs> at least in your mind. I mean, what else you got? What else you got? Nothing. Are you going to actually go up and talk to him? Never. Like, <laughs> that would be the last thing that you're going to do. So, 
The best thing you can do is just like, okay, I'm going to pull my shirt off. <laughs> anyway, so I, I personally forgive you guys down there if you're listening. And just keep keep pulling that shirt off. <laughs> no, don't. Don't pull that shirt off. Oh, man, the sun's out. Try to have out, a conversation. <laughs> All right, go talk to one of them. Wow. That's yeah. really the key is what you're trying to say. That's the key. Just don't be a jerk. All right, well, you're off to Boulder this year. Yeah. Yeah, they're the same there. They're just a little more. <laughs> there's just more of them, maybe. Well, and there's they're going to have a little more game than the boys down there. Okay, but that's what I'm trying to say. Their intentions are the same. Yeah. And they're going to talk about yoga as well. Oh, right. boy. And, uh, put, and recycling. Yeah. Right? Yes. Instead yeah. of t- teaching how to, how to tie your figure eight, they're going to teach you how to downward dog. Oh, God. <laughs> Sun salutations all the way. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm psyched. All right, well, ladies, uh, I don't know if that really resolved anything, but uh, it was a hell of a lot of fun, and we've been talking for a long time. <laughs> so I want to thank you for coming in, and uh, we're going to check in with you in a few months, I think, Grayson, as you start your new life in, in uh, the land of skinny jeans and... Mustaches. The little roadie, roadie hats yes. and fixies. Yeah, It'll be totally. Great. It's going to be awesome. And Tracy, thank you so much for coming in and lending your insight. And I hope you feel as though uh, we've helped Grayson along her little path towards climbing well and true romance. I hope so. I do indeed. Thanks, you guys. Oh yeah, The Last Dance. This is not The Last Dance at the Normal Cast, but as some of you probably know, Donna Summer died recently, so it's a little tribute. Normally I like to use my own music or stuff that I kind of cobble together on the website for copyright reasons and whatever else, but I'm going to take the chance, take the chance of getting sued just to go out on this song. It has nothing to do with climbing, but the bass is sick. Check it out. All right, well, I want to thank everybody for listening. I also want to mention that you can email me at chris at anormalcast.com or leave comments on the website. I got a bunch of great comments on the Craig DiMartino episode, episode 11. Uh, some amazing stuff. People were super stoked. Also go to the Facebook page and like us and leave some comments there. I love chatting with everybody. I love getting suggestions, even if you're being critical. That's great. I want to hear it. I want to make this thing better every single time. So please do it and come back next time for episode 13. I have no idea what it's going to be. Hopefully I'll come up with something. We'll see you then. Yeah, key change. Forgive me if my hungry eyes feast on the banquet of your sumptuous decolletage. The champagne you have thrown stings my eyes. You are a fiery vixen. You have a spirit, like a frolicsome colt. <laughs>